Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our walk series, which looks at different Bible verses that mention the conduct that we're to have as Christians. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And so why don't you take your Bible, and let's go to the book of Colossians, and we're going to go to Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter one, and we're continuing our series, uh, our walk series that we've been going through. And so, of course, we've been learning about the daily life of a Christian or a follower, a believer in Jesus, kind of learning how we live life. And there's a lot of places in scripture where we're instructed to walk or to live a certain way. And I'm thinking about the first week, we learned about what it means to walk in him. Uh, Paul instructed, so walk ye in him. And we learned uh, that that's just just understanding the path that the Lord has for us and walking the direction of the Lord. The second week, we looked at walking as children of the light and uh, definitely saw a great challenge from there, there uh, with Paul challenging the, the uh, church at Ephesus to walk as children of, uh, of light, knowing that uh, there's darkness out there, but we are instructed to walk as children of light. And then that third message, we looked at walking humbly. And uh, boy, that is something I think that every single Christian needs and uh, really I know that God speaks to my heart about that often, just humbling ourselves before him. And I'm thinking of Philippians uh, where we're instructed, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what is the mindset that he had? Well, the mindset that Christ had was the mindset of humility. And so we, we talked about that. The fourth message, Brian brought us a great message on that one about walking in truth and what it means to understand truth and to walk in truth and to be grounded. And we learned about that. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at walking circumspectly, understanding that that is giving careful observation to every decision I make, every step that I take. And boy, every single one of us, we need that. Of course, Ephesians chapter five and verse number 15, that uh, the instruction to walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the the days are evil. And then last week, of course, we looked at probably the most important walk of a Christian uh, is to walk in the Spirit. And we looked at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter number five and saw God challenge us with understanding what it means to walk in the flesh or walk in the Spirit. And uh, tonight we're going to continue in our study and we're going to learn about the idea of walking worthy, walking worthy. And we're going to learn from this from Colossians chapter number one. But before we get into this, I just wonder if you've ever noticed what we would call um, different styles of outfits or styles of clothing, no doubt you've been out and about and you've, uh, you've maybe seen somebody wearing something and, and perhaps you thought it, maybe you said it, uh, but you just kind of wondered to yourself, did they look in a mirror before they left the house today? Uh, I know I've thought that, and uh, I've probably said it to somebody at some point, knowing my sarcasm. And you know what? There's just some times when we see people wearing some things that we wonder what it is. I know uh, Miss Hannah did some searching for me and found a couple of weird outfits that people wore. And if you're seeing that on the screen, you the, the, the picture on the left... Uh, yes, that is a wedding dress that is designed like a pepperoni pizza. I really don't know why you would wear that. The one on the right, uh, I just don't understand it. Don't know, don't know what's going on. Don't know why the guy's wearing that. But there's been definitely some things, some clothing, some things that people are wearing that you look at them. And if you were walking with my mom or my grandma, they would say this, man, that is so 
unbecoming of them. That just does not look good on them. That is just, it just doesn't do them well. I'm thinking about like all of the styles from the 80s, 80s and 90s. I'm sorry to some of you out there that maybe grew up in that, but 80s and 90s, listen, my sister's hairs, both of my sisters, their hairdos in in the, uh, the 80s and early 90s, Honestly, I would tell them it looked like they stuck their finger in a socket. Like, I, it just, it, to me, it's unbecoming. It just doesn't look good. And tonight, I want to actually look into the scripture because we're going to come to a place that Paul, he challenges us as a believer to live a life that would be becoming of the Lord. That means that when a person would put your life next to Jesus, they would say, you know what? It kind of matches a little bit. Rather than looking at your life and the life of Christ and saying, wow, that is unbecoming of the Lord. That doesn't even look like it belongs with the Lord. That's what we're gonna discover Paul challenging the church at Colossae with tonight and challenging us with as well. And so take your Bible and go to Colossians chapter number one, two very simple verses. We're gonna get the context of them in just a moment. But Colossians chapter one and beginning reading in verse number nine. Notice with me, Paul says this, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that ye may, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Again, verse number 10, he says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every, uh, being pr- fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Tonight, we're going to look at these verses and we're going to really see what that phrase, to walk worthy of the Lord, we're gonna see what that phrase means. And uh, I really think it'll be a help to us. And so let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us tonight. And so I'd ask you if you're at home or in your car or uh, if you're in, in the room away from the kid, I don't know where you're at tonight. Just let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. And uh, maybe there is a family. Let's just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. And so with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would, just take just a second and ask God to speak into your life tonight through the message. Dear Lord, we just come before you, and God, I know that we really are in a different time right now, and yet, Father, we still have the opportunity to come and to hear your word. And Lord, while we're not gathered together physically, we're gathered together online, and we can still worship you, we can still hear from you, we can still be challenged by you. And so, God, I pray that you would help us tonight uh, to receive that challenge, to receive the message. And Lord, that your spirit would have freedom to work in each of our hearts in the different places that we are. And God, that you'd use the word of God uh, to just to, to encourage us and to challenge us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand what it means to walk worthy of the Lord. And uh, Father, I love the meanings and definitions here. And so I pray that you help each one of us tonight. We love you. We thank you for what you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
As you come to the book of Colossians, of course, uh, we went through uh, our, our rooted series in the book of Colossians back in 2018. And so if you were here for that, then you'll kind of remember a few of the things I'm going to talk about. But of course, the book of Colossians written by Paul to the church at Colossae. Now, what's interesting is Paul had never been to the church at Colossae. We know uh, from Acts chapter number 19 uh, that Paul, of course, started the church at Ephesus and he would spend much time there. Well, there were two people people uh, who were there in Ephesus traveling from Colossae that were in Ephesus, and they were Epaphras and Philemon. And if you were to go, you would kind of uh, put the puzzle pieces together to discover that probably what took place is when Paul started the church at Ephesus that he led Epaphras and and Philemon perhaps that time to the Lord, uh, or later down the road is when he would lead Philemon to the Lord. But we know that Paul led Epaphras to the Lord there in Ephesus, and then from there, from uh, Ephesus, Epaphras would travel back to Colossae, and him and Philemon would be instrumental in starting the church at Colossae. Well, fast forward a few years, and then you have Paul in a jail cell in Rome. He's waiting to go uh, before trial before Nero, and during that time, Epaphras would come up to encourage and strengthen and challenge Paul. And aren't you thankful for people that challenge us when we're in a time of, of frustration or a time that would seem like a trial? I know in my life, I'm so thankful for people that have come alongside me uh, during my trials to just encourage me. And that's, that's what Epaphras was trying to do with Paul during his trial. He's gonna come along and, and encourage him. Well, one of the ways that he encourages him is to tell him about this great church plant in in Colossae and everything that God is doing there. And of course, while he's recounting this, he begins to tell Paul about some of the uh, the trials that the church at Colossae is facing and uh, some of the different um, false teachings and things like that, that that the church at Colossae would be facing. And so Because of all of this information about the good and the trials, Paul, there in prison, he decides to write a letter to the believers at Colossae to encourage them. Just as Epaphras has been an encouragement to him, which he writes about later at the end of the book of Colossians, just as Epaphras has been an encouragement to him, he wants to be an encouragement to the church at Colossae. And so Paul would write this letter. Well, of course, he goes through his introductory remarks, and if you study the writings of Paul, then you know that he, you know, right at verse number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, uh, to the saints and the faithful at Colossae, he's just writing, hey, here's who I am, and here's why I'm writing the letter. But then he comes to verse number nine. Verse number nine, the verse we read just a second ago, he says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, we heard what? Well, we heard about the church at Colossae and everything taking place. Since I heard about that, man, I don't cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here's what Paul does. He says, listen, since I heard about you and what God's doing there, I haven't stopped praying for you. You have been on my prayer list. Man, what another encouragement. What another encouraging thing uh, to know that you're on somebody's prayer list. Uh, Isn't that a blessing? I know when people text me, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you. I prayed for you this week. That's an encouragement. I know when God maybe puts someone on my heart, I text them or call them, hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, Man, man, that's an encouragement to know someone's praying for us. So Paul, he's trying to encourage them. Hey, since since I heard about you, I'm praying for you. 
Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. I mentioned this when I preached the series uh, back in 2018. But if you're in jail and you're about to, uh, you don't know if you're going to give your life for your faith, but you've already been through tons of trials like Paul was. He just was through uh, many trials and all of these things. If you've gone through all that, you're sitting in jail. Is it on your mind to write somebody and say, hey, I'm praying for you? Probably not. I think about this. Most of us, when we are faced with difficulties, faced with challenges, we're probably consumed. I'll speak for myself. I know I'm often consumed with praying for myself. Like I'm in this trial. God help me. God save me. God rescue me from this. God, will you do something for me? That's not Paul. That's not him in this passage. In this passage, he says, I've heard about you and you're on my mind and I haven't stopped praying for you. And what an encouragement. And what do we find him praying? Well, we find him praying that the church would be, in, or that the believers there would be increased with knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding so that, or in order that, they would walk worthy. I want you to be increased with knowledge so that you can walk worthy. The word worthy here, it means to, be, it means to walk appropriately or to walk uh, becoming, as, as becometh, uh, would be kind of the phrase that, that would be used, but appropriately. So he's, praying, he's, he's saying to these believers, I'm praying that you would walk in such a way, or that you would live in such a way, that your walk belongs next to the name of the Lord. That when people look at the Lord, your life wouldn't be a disgrace or or you wouldn't make the Lord a disgrace if your life, the way you're living, is attached to the name of the Lord. What he's doing is he's really challenging these believers to live a life that would be expected to be seen when it's connected with somebody who claims the name of Jesus. Why don't you think about this? Think about the testimony of some of the early followers of Jesus Christ. I think about Acts chapter 4 and verse number 13 where you read this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. Who is this? The Pharisees. They marveled. What did they marvel at? They were marveling at the disciples and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, what, what happened and what we find Luke writing about in Acts is the Pharisees come along and the, the, uh, uh, the disciples, of course, they were being persecuted. They come along, but they see the, the Pharisees see the disciples, they see what they're doing, and they say, man, that resembles a lot of Jesus. The one we crucified a, a few months ago, a year ago, this reminds us a lot of him. And that's what was said of those early believers. You know why? They walked worthy of the name of the Lord. Their life matched up with Christ's life, with what Jesus taught. Their words matched up with their actions. Think about the church at Antioch. What's said of them in Acts chapter number 11 and verse 26? It says that the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, that might not mean much at face value, but when you look at it, why were they called Christians? Well, the word Christian, Christ-like, little Christ, many Christ, the outside world looked at these believers in Antioch and they said, man, these guys remind us of that guy, Jesus. They remind us of the Christ, the Messiah. They're just little Messiahs. They're just little Christs running around, little Jesuses running around. That's why they were first called Christians. And so it's not uncommon 
for the life of a believer to be the life of someone who is walking worthy, living worthy. But the question then to us comes, well, what what does it really mean to walk worthy? How do we walk worthy? How can we have a walk that lines up with the Lord and uh, is one that wouldn't be unbecoming to the name of the Lord? That's where I want us to look tonight. And really, I think Paul kind of even describes it for us. And so I want you to take your Bible and look with me at Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10. And I want us to see, first of all tonight, that a worthy walk is a pleasing walk. A worthy walk is a pleasing walk. Notice what Paul says in verse number 10. He says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Unto all pleasing. A a worthy walk, or when we walk worthy, we're going to have a pleasing walk. Well, pleasing to who? Well, we got to understand pleasing to the Lord. I'm going to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. The truth is that every single person, regardless of who you are, child, uh, uh, young couple, married couple, or single, one of our recycled teenagers, the truth is that every single person, every day, is going to be living to please other people or please somebody. Think about this, whether it's a boss or a spouse or a child or a parent or a friend, all of us kind of live our life to please somebody else. And while that may be good, that you know, we should want to please those around us, not be one that's always negative, and uh, we should make sure that our life is just kind of an encouragement to people, and we're not displeasing to people, and there, there's good in that. But the truth is that pleasing people should never be our motivator. Pleasing people should not be why I do uh, what I do as a Christian. No, the truth is that we should be living a life or walking a walk that is pleasing to the Lord. Paul says, I want to pray that you would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that you would walk a, a, live a life, walk a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Think about what Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse number 1, he said this, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. We want to, I beg you, I encourage you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk, and to please God, so you would abound more and more. This is really common. You can actually look, the, the book of 1 Thessalonians and the book of Colossians, they really pair well together. I think Paul really had a lot of the same things on his mind when he wrote these, because actually 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 12, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, walk worthy of the Lord, and you can find it there. And so here he's saying, hey, uh, we've taught you how to walk. Well, how should we walk? You should walk in a way to please God. Hey, I want to encourage you. You've received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, and so I'm praying that you would abound more and more in this. The truth is that if we're going to have a worthy walk, we're going to have a pleasing walk. We're going to be working in our life, walking in our life to please the Lord. Man, my, mo- my main motivation in life in serving is to please the Lord. I, uh, I was just recently on, on Twitter and saw one of my friends who pastors a church down in Florida, and uh, he put a picture up of their, uh, um, of their uh, um, worship team for their Sunday, and it just Empty auditorium, but just the team up there singing their heart out. And he said, what do you do with an empty auditorium? You keep singing for the Lord. You know what the truth is tonight? That, that no one is here. And honestly, I'm on this end of the camera. I don't even know if anybody's watching. 
I know Brian's sitting here. I know Robert's in the office trying to make everything run smoothly. So I know they're kind of stuck to watching. But you know what I hope tonight? I hope that Pastor Dennis would be preaching a message that, God, I just want to please you in this. Lord, I just want you to be pleased. I want people to be helped. But my main motive is for God to be pleased. And I hope that would be my heart. And really, when you look at this, that's what Paul is saying. Hey, you need to walk pleasing. You need to make sure that your life is pleasing to the Lord. But you know what? When I think about a walk being pleasing to the Lord, I think a walk can also be pleasing because it is a picture to the lost. It's a picture to the lost. And I've got, I put the wrong slide on there. You have to forgive me, but it's a picture to the lost. You know what? The Bible tells us this in Matthew chapter five, verse number 16. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Say that with me, that they may see your what? good works. That's right. Let people see your good works. Why? So that they would glorify your father, which is in heaven. The truth is this, that people are watching us. People are watching you. And there's, there's a, a lost person. There's somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their savior that's watching you. And when you walk worthy of the Lord, trying to please the Lord, man, people, the lost are going to see that. People who don't know Christ, they're going to see that. And that's pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because you're using your good works to glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And so I just want us to see tonight the simple thought that a worthy walk, number one, it's a pleasing walk. It's a pleasing walk. But notice, secondly with me, a worthy walk is a productive walk. A worthy walk, it's a productive walk. Notice back in our passage, verse number 10 of Colossians chapter number one, we read this, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Being fruitful in every good work. The word fruitful here, it has the idea of producing something, being productive and a worthy walk is going to be a productive walk. Well, what's it gonna be producing? Well, I want you to see that it's gonna be producing, first of all, the fruit of the Spirit. And if I, what we looked at last week, if I am walking worthy, I'm gonna be uh, pleasing the Lord, but also I'm gonna be productive for the Lord. I'm gonna be allowing the Lord to produce or to build in me the fruit of the Spirit or the characteristics that we found last week. Galatians chapter five recounts them for us. And it's this, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. The fact is this, that when you and I are walking worthy, there are going to be evidences seen throughout every aspect of our life. There is going to be character traits that resemble, in, in very small ways, the very character of God. So in small ways, my life is going to show people the love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance that all are attributes that belong to the Lord. But when I'm walking worthy of God, those things are going to be produced in my life. Why? Because I'm working at pleasing Him. And that pleasing walk, pleasing the Lord, is going to be a productive walk, producing the fruit of the Spirit. Can I just tell you tonight that uh, this verse, it really speaks of what you and I spoke about last week, just understanding that there's a big difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. Living life driven by me versus living life 
driven by the Lord and allowing the Spirit of God uh, to motivate the decisions I make and allowing those characteristics to be uh, uh, enacted and and be uh, uh, seen in my life. And it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's only the Holy Spirit of God that makes us fruitful. Because the truth is, anything done without the Spirit of God is done in the flesh. And Romans 8.8 says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so if I'm going to be pleasing the Lord, I'm going to be walking in the Spirit. A worthy walk is a pleasing walk. A worthy walk is a productive walk. It's producing the fruit of the Spirit. But then I want you to notice also that I believe a worthy walk is going to be producing the fruit of souls. Now, we already talked about the lost, and I really want you to say, and I have this written in my notes, that we can't emphasize this thought enough, that there are people in your life and in my life that we know, and they don't have the hope of heaven. They don't have eternity. They don't have a relationship with God. They don't have the forgiveness that that you and I have received. It's there for them, but they haven't received it yet. They haven't asked Christ to forgive them of their sin and to come into their life and save them. We know there are people out there like that. Well, can I tell you that when I'm walking worthy of the Lord, walking a life that is becoming to him, a life that matches what he's spoken and what he teaches, when I'm doing that, living that life, and the word of God helps me understand, that's going to be drawing to people. And people are going to want that. And they may not come up to you and say, hey, you're living differently than I'm living. But the truth is that when they go through a trial, they're going to remember how you and I went through a trial walking with the Lord. And they're going to say, man, something's different about how they went through that than when I'm going through it. I'm thinking about even right now with the circumstances that we're facing, man, how you and I respond to all of this uh, through our social media, through our interaction, uh, very little interaction that we're having with people, that interaction, it's going to speak to people. And some people, man, they're going to see a difference in how you're responding and how I'm responding to this. And they, that might stir a little question in them. And the truth is that you and I, we need to understand that when we're walking worthy, It's going to be pleasing, but it's also going to be productive. It's going to be producing the fruit of souls. You can read this. Actually, Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 15, verse number 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And of course, many people look at the word fruit here and see it to be the character traits, but I want you to understand that I believe there's much here about the fruit of the lost souls, bringing people to Jesus. Paul, or Jesus speaking to the disciples saying, hey, I've ordained you, I've chosen you, you should go out and bring people to me. That's my desire. You think about the, the uh, great commission that, la- that the Lord gave. Uh, someone once said that God's last, Jesus' last command should be our first priority. That's the opportunity of reaching people around us. I'm just simply helping us understand and looking at the thought tonight that every single person is going to spend eternity somewhere. And if I'm living a life that's walking worthy of the Lord, I'm going to be drawing people to the Lord. I'm going to be looking and be sensitive to those around me who need Jesus Christ. I would ask you the question tonight, who is going to heaven because you have taken the time to share Christ with them? You see, someone who's walking worthy with the Lord, walking worthy of the Lord, the name of the Lord, what was Jesus about? He was about spreading the truth of who he was. He was about saying, hey, listen, I'm going to teach the people that they need me. That's what Jesus' purpose was, right? To come and bring Bring people to himself. 
So what would a follower of Jesus be doing? If I'm going to walk worthy, if I'm going to have a walk that's becoming of the Lord, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be having the same focus that he's having, the focus of trying to find people around me who don't know him and bring them to him. And so I want you to look tonight and see that the person who's walking worthy of the Lord, they're going to have a productive walk. They're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit, but I believe also going to produce the fruit of souls. Listen, we can't make people choose Jesus, but we should be presenting people the opportunity to choose Jesus. And so I want to tell you, you can't make someone receive Christ as their Savior, but you can at least walk worthy. You can live that life that's going to help them understand and see, hey, there's something different in that person that I need, and how you speak is going to be a little bit different, and they're going to see that need to receive Jesus Christ in their life because of your walk and my walk, because of the way we live. I want you to see tonight that a worthy walk, it's a pleasing walk. Paul said, I want to encourage you, I'm praying that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, pleasing the Lord. Number two, it's a productive walk, that you'll be fruitful in every good work, that the things you do produce good, produce good fruit in your life. And then lastly, it's not only a pleasing walk and a productive walk, but it's a progressing walk. It's a progressing walk. The very last part of the verse, he says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Go back to verse number nine. Paul said, I'm also praying, I desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. One of Paul's main prayer requests for those believers at, at Colossae, and I believe uh, perhaps one of God's desires in your life and mine, we can see it all throughout Scripture, is that every single one of us would be increasing in the knowledge of God and in understanding, not just what we know, but understanding is how to apply it. And I would, I would have you look here. It says that Paul said, I'm praying that you'd be increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me help us understand tonight three quick ways that you and I increase in the knowledge of the Lord, or make progress, a progressing walk, how we grow. I want you to see tonight, first of all, that we increase or we make progress in God through the Word of God. We make progress, we increase in His knowledge by making progress in the Word of God. What does this mean? It doesn't mean just to read more and accomplish more. It means that we desire the Word that we want to be in the word. I think of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2 where it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I say this often, uh, of course, when folks are here and, and, and even online. I don't know if I've said it in the last few weeks. I don't know how many weeks we've been live streaming, but I don't know if I've said it yet. But I want to say it real quick that in the believer's life, I mean, this is from Peter. Peter who grew with the Lord. Peter, who every day for three years was spending time with Christ and learning from the very, the, the verbal teaching of Jesus was there with him physically. And yet Peter says, hey, every one of us need to be like newborn babies that just desire the milk. Well, that needs to be a, a believer desiring the word of God. Later, of course, uh, uh, Peter, um, 2 Peter 3, 18, when he says to continue growing in grace. And here's somebody who walked with the Lord, and here he is writing his book, writing this letter years later, and still saying, you still need to grow. Can I help us understand tonight that every single Christian, 
every single believer, if we're going to walk worthy, I'm going to have a progressing walk, a growing walk. How do I do that? Man, I make progress in the word of God. Think about Psalm 130, verse 5. It says this, I will wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. How about Psalm 119, verse 9? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. And how do I get right with God? I take heed according to his word. You see, there should be an inward desire in every single one of us to be in the word of God. If you've ever gone a period of time without food, I know right now we're doing the, uh, the prayer and fasting time and, and praying over some different things. And if you've ever uh, done that, maybe you're doing a day or two days this week or whatever you're doing or you've done it before in your life, you've been on a trip and haven't been able to eat, man, after... Well, every one of us have technical difficulties every now and then, and uh, that was one. I apologize about that. But I want to get back to this thought. We're understanding the idea of uh, making progress or growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Paul was saying, hey, if you're going to walk worthy of God, then you're going to make progress. How do I do that? Well, I make progress in the Word of God. Uh, What I was about to say was during this time, uh, if you've ever gone a a period of time and you've been hungry, you haven't eaten, then you need that that physical food. The same is true spiritually. I need that spiritual food, that spiritual nourishment. Every single one of us need the meal that only the Word of God can give us. And uh, what I would encourage you with is during this coronavirus time, listen, let it be a time that you're in the Word of God. God's given us some extra time to maybe uh, spend a little bit extra time in the Word. Study a, a topical series that you want to go, you know, topical study. I want to, what does the Bible say about words? Or what's the Bible say about my thoughts? Or what does the Bible say about money? Man, right now is a great time to study some of those things out. Or maybe you're going you're gonna to take a book and kind of just begin studying uh, the book of James. Or you're going to look at the book of Ephesians and say, man, what's the book of Ephesians about? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the book of Ephesians every day during this time just to kind of get it in me. I'm going to go read the Psalms more. Listen, I don't know what you, want, what you would want to do, but I would encourage you to do something to get in the Word of God. Why? Because a worthy walk is going to be a progressing walk. I'm going to progress in the Word of God. But I want you to notice, secondly, that we also should be making progress in the will of God. Making progress in the will of God. If you have your Bible, you can look at it or just watch the screen. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image 
from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Once you notice what it says, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. You know what the truth is? That when you and I trust Christ, that the Lord doesn't just leave us over here where we're at when we trust him. He desires, no, that we would take steps and that we'd be changed from glory to glory. That we would just become more and more like Jesus Christ. And that's the desire that the Lord has in your life. And what he's even saying here in 2 Corinthians 3, and we don't have time to get into all of this, but the thought I want to look at is the fact that I am not going to grow in the Lord unless I'm surrendered to the will of the Lord. All right, I'm going to say that again. I'm not going to grow in God unless I'm surrendered to the will of God. And the fact is that every single one of us, we have God's general will, things that we know immediately. It's God's will uh, that I would be in the word of God. It's God's will that I would wake up tomorrow and want to glorify him. It's God's will that my speech uh, would be one that uh, uh, is uh, advantageous of a Christian. It's God's will that I would spend time in prayer. God's will that I would let the word of God be preached to me. That's the general will of God. But then God also has his specific will for each and every one of us that we only find as we walk with him and as we get in the word of God and God begins to give us direction of, hey, speak to that person about the Lord. Hey, why don't you pray for that person right now? Send a text to them right now. All of those little things, we need to have a mindset that is completely surrendered to the will of God, no matter what's taking place. I'm thinking even uh, right now with this situation that we're in, I'm going to keep bringing it up because we're in it right now. It's kind of on all of our minds, and I, I don't want to bring up all the negative about that. Watch the news, and you'll get the negative. And I want to bring up the positive, and that's this truth, that every single one of us during this time, we can say, God, what's your will in my life during right now? God, what's your will in my life today? God, what's your plan for me today with my kids at the home? I mean, I'm stuck at home with the kids homeschooling. And instead of looking at it as a drudgery, let's look at it and say, God, what's your will? How can I invest? I'm going to surrender my will to your will. And what takes place in our life is, man, when I'm doing that, I'm walking worthy of the Lord. Why? I'm making progress. I'm growing as a Christian. How do I grow? I grow in the word of God and I grow in the will of God. But lastly tonight, I want you to understand that if I'm going to make progress, I'm gonna, or if I'm going to have a productive walk and, or a, a worthy walk, it's going to be a pleasing walk, a productive walk, and a progressing walk. Lastly tonight, I'm going to be making progress in the work of God. I'm going to make progress in the work of God. One preacher said it this way. He said, Christian service is a result of Christian devotion. The work that we do is the outflow of the life that we live. Here's the thought I want to bring across tonight is that a Christian who is walking worthy of the Lord will be growing in their service for the Lord, in their work for God. Think about what David said in Psalm 84 and verse number 10. He said, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Listen to this. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, we probably have heard that verse. We've heard it, right? But does it make sense? I would rather be a doorkeeper. A doorkeeper, that's, that's like our, a greeter. You know, somebody just opens a door. 
And it's not even a greeter. It's, in those days, it was really somebody that was assigned just the job of just kind of being there. I'm the doorkeeper. I'm, I'm the front guy. I'm just kind of there, maybe holding the door. I'm, I'm, I really don't have much of a job other than I'm the doorkeeper. I keep the door. He says, I'd rather do that than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The idea that he's looking at is that the, to dwell in the tents of wickedness would be someone who uh, um, maybe has uh, um, some, uh, man, the word's not coming to me. They have uh, the praise of men and they have notoriety. That's what it is. They have notoriety and they're known. And I would rather be a, an unknown doorkeeper just serving in the house of the Lord than to be somebody with great rights and great privilege and known in the tents of the wicked. And what a, what a heart that he had. I mean, for David, what was that? That was a heart of a servant. It was the heart that said, I would rather just work and no one see me and work for the Lord than be known over here. I'm thinking it kind of came to my mind, kind of a funny thought. Uh, there's probably a lot of us right now. Man, I'd rather, just be the, I'd rather just be a doorkeeper on Sundays at Moses Lake Baptist Church than what's going on right now. Man, I'd rather, I'd rather just be the, be the person that's, you know, whatever the, the low end would be. And there's no low end serving the Lord. But in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I just want to do anything with our church family to serve. But you know what? Here's what I'm looking at tonight is just the simple truth that every single Christian who's walking worthy of the Lord, they're going to be making progress in the work of God. I'm going to be growing in a heart of serving the Lord. You think about this. For those of you out there that you have received Christ as your Savior, do you remember when you first received Jesus in your life? If you think about it, when you first received Christ and then you heard, wait, there's, there's church three times a week? You mean Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday nights or Wednesday night? There, there's, there's three. I, I can barely make Sunday mornings. Man, my schedule's way too busy. And then you grew a little bit and started coming on Sunday nights and then Thursday nights. And then someone got up and they preached about tithing. Or you heard them in a class about giving to the Lord. They, man, give to God financially? I, I can't do that. that I'm, I'm strapped as it, as, as it is right now. But then you begin to take that step and you grow in tithing and missions and, and the building or whatever. And you begin to grow just a little bit. When you were first trusting the Lord, if someone were to say to you, I want you to, you know, it's God's plan that you'd spend time, be in the house of God and, and give, and, and you need to be involved. Hey, you need to, you know what, you need to serve in the nursery, or you need to teach a class, or you need to be an usher or a greeter. Man, a lot of folks are like, no, nope, I, I, I can't even be at church three times. I'm not, I can't serve. I can't be at church once. I, I'm just coming twice a month. I'm just coming once a month. I can't serve at all. But then as God has grown you, as God grew me, and then we began to desire to take those steps. Why? Because I'm walking worthy of the Lord. And what am I doing? I'm making progress. I'm growing in that. And I would tell you that most of us have grown in areas in our life and uh, the area of service, our work for the Lord, that needs to be one of the areas we grow in. The truth is that a Christian who's walking worthy of the Lord is going to be growing in their desire to just accomplish more for God. I'm thankful for our church family right now. Many of you, many of you have reached out during this time and asked, hey, how can I serve? And, and honestly, 
we, we sat in staff meeting the other day for like 20 minutes trying to think, okay, how can folks serve from home? And we're trying to think of that. Well, they could do that. No, COVID-19, we couldn't do that. Well, all the CDC says we can't do that. We're trying to rack our brains. But I'm also thankful for just the fact that a lot of folks are thinking, you know what? I may not be able to serve at the church, but I can still serve by sending somebody a text message and, and let them know I'm praying for them. And hey, how can I help you? I can serve in my family. I can serve by taking up some responsibilities in the home. And it's not just my wife that's going to do the dishes. No, now I'm going to do them. It's not just the kids I'm going to tell to take out the trash. No, I'm going to try to serve. And we can all have that spirit of just, I want to grow in my service. And so tonight, I just want us to be challenged challenged with the church at Colossae. What's the church at Colossae challenged with? They're challenged with this, walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of the Lord. You know what? If you think about it, when, uh, well, what Paul is saying here is just the simple thought. Live your life in such a way that is becoming to the name of the Lord. That when someone, it's like this, when someone finds out that you're a Christian, they say, huh, that makes sense. Rather than, rather than them finding out you're a Christian and going, oh, wow, they're a Christian? I never would have guessed that. Wow, they're a Christian? I never would have. Well, what is that? One of those testimonies is a walk that's worthy, and one is a walk that is unworthy or unbecoming. And so I want to encourage you tonight, let's make the decision, the decision that as I live day to day, I'm going to ask the Lord, God, help me to have a life that is worthy of the name of Jesus. Well, what's it look like? God, help me to please you today. God, help me to be productive for you today, to help me, help me to produce or allow you to produce and build in me the characteristics of the Spirit. God, help me to be sensitive to the lost around me. God, help me to be pleasing. Lord, help me to be productive. And God, help me to be progressing today. I want to walk worthy. So what's that look like? Help me to grow. Help me to grow in the word. Help me to be growing in my surrender to your will. And then, God, would you help me to be growing in the area of understanding that last thought. My mind just went blank. Understanding, uh, growing in the work in serving you. Lord, help me today to figure out ways that I can serve people around me because I know you had the mindset of a servant and I want to have that mindset. And so I hope tonight that we'd be challenged to just walk worthy of the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.